James Clapper admits the FBI was spying on the Trump campaign and he says Trump should be happy that they were spying on him. Seriously, that's a direct quote. He said Trump should be happy. All the latest on Spygate coming up. President Trump has canceled the North Korea summit with Rocket Man. He basically says he's tired of their shenanigans and Kim Jong-un has been threatening. He's been insulting the president and his staff, Mike Pence, John Bolton. They've basically been trying to set Trump up to look silly and uh, Trump says, you know what, I'm not going to turn myself into the fool. Uh, so he's preempting right now, which is a smart strategic move. He actually wrote a very polite letter to Kim Jong-un, thanking him for releasing the hostages. And overall, it was a very positive tone. He said he'd love to meet him someday. And he uh, also said that we've got much bigger nuclear arsenal than yours, and we hope we never have to use it. Now, the naysayers are going to say, oh, Trump is inexperienced. You know, Obama would never have been this naive. Obama was incredibly naive, as we saw with the Iran deal. But that's what the naysayers are going to say, that this is a Trump failure. The Trump supporters are going to say the exact opposite. We've never gotten this far. Rocket Man is in total panic mode, and you see the president's in a strategy that he's implemented is working wonders, unlike Obama, who just completely dropped the ball and was asleep at the wheel. So this is one little wrinkle. Getting North Korea to denuclearize is a major undertaking, and it's going to take a little bit more time than we expected. This seemed too good to be true, and maybe it was. So we'll have to see you know, how this all plays out. This is really a very big chess game going on between President Trump and Rocket Man. Ayatollah Khamenei of Iran says the United States is going to fail. They're trying to crush Iran, but they're going to fail. He compared the United States to the cat in Tom and Jerry. You're familiar with that cartoon, Tom and Jerry, where... This cat and mouse would be chasing each other all day long, and the mouse would always uh, outsmart the cat. So he says the cat always loses. The United States is also going to keep losing. I mean, now that's intimidating. Wow, we're going to lose like the cat and Tom and Jerry. What's the Ayatollah going to do? Hit us with a huge frying pan? You know, get, get us to be confused and bite our own tail off like in that cartoon? By the way, the United States has sanctioned, already sanctioned five Iranian businessmen who have ties to the Revolutionary Guards. They were supplying missiles to the Houthi rebels in Yemen, and that's only the beginning. We're going to see more and more sanctions be imposed on Iran uh, in the wake of backing out of the Iran deal. Now, Paraguay joined the United States and Guatemala, moving their embassy to Yerushalayim. Now, as I said, the latest on Spygate is coming up here. I wanted to run through a bunch of stories first, but this is looking like the biggest scandal in the last 50 years. This makes Watergate look like shoplifting. This scandal is Watergate on steroids. The FBI basically looked itself at itself as the Mossad and as the Trump campaign as Iran and decided, you know what? We're just going to embed ourselves at all costs. And, and as I said, James Clapper, former uh, DNI, Director of National Intelligence under Obama, he admits it. He said, you know, spy, I hate to use that word, but yeah, they were spying. He said he hates the word. Of course he hates to use the word because he was guilty and culpable in spying on an opposition party, an, op an opposition candidate. This is like boggles the mind. And you know, you say to yourself, how could they have been this foolish? Didn't they know it would eventually come out? No, they were so convinced that Hillary would win. They, they figured this thing would be buried, you know, and then the Clapper says, but he should be happy. They should be happy because what we weren't trying to spy on Trump. We were trying to spy on the Russians, make sure they didn't infiltrate Trump to infiltrate Trump. We were protecting Trump. So Trump should be thankful. Oh, well, really wonderful. Wow. Thank you so much for uh, looking out for our best interests and, and for protecting the Trump campaign. Follow us on Twitter at the Politics Zone, at the Politics Zone, and check out uh, our podcast at thepassionateconservative.com. All right, Jared Kushner got his top secret clearance back. It was put on hold for a bunch of months. They did background checks, but now he is full clearance. And he was actually interviewed by the Mueller team for seven hours. In his second round of interviews, they went for seven hours. He was fully cooperative. Now, do you think he really has something to hide? Uh, now, 
There's a huge amount of evidence, by the way, getting back to Iran, that Iran has been developing long-range missiles that could reach the United States. Now, why would they not be? They'd have to be nuts to not be developing long-range missiles that could attack their number two enemy. After Israel, the United States is their number two enemy because it's totally legal. It's not part of the nuclear deal. They have every right to develop nuclear-capable, long-range ballistic missiles capable of traveling anywhere on the planet. I mean, they'd have to be nuts not to be focusing all their energies on that. And now, as I said, there is ample evidence that they have facilities in several places where they're actually developing these extremely dangerous missiles. All right, we told you about the NFL, the football situation. They have officially banned players from kneeling during the national anthem. The players are allowed to stay inside if they want to protest, but they're not allowed to kneel. Now, predictably, the media is blaming this on Trump. The headline actually says in Politico, NFL caves into Trump. So not only do they, they're, they're not only saying that, that the owners have sided with Trump, they're saying that the policy is racist. Now, why is it racist, Yaakov? They're, they're not just saying black people can't kneel. They're saying black or white people. And there were some whites who did this protest as well, by the way. So how is it racist to institute a policy that applies equally to blacks and whites? Well, the answer is because the majority of players who have kneeled in the past who have protested are blacks. They're doing it for solidarity, people who are uh, killed by cops and that sort of thing. Now, by that logic, right, if black players started stealing cars or if black players started robbing banks, would it be racist for us to arrest them because they're black? I mean, if you're doing something wrong and you happen to be black and we punish you for it, that doesn't make us racist. You're do what you're doing is wrong. Now, in this case, they're going against their business owners, their football owners' policy. It's clear, clearly the policy uh, of the NFL that they're not allowed to do this, not to mention they're wrecking the game for a lot of people. Now, the claim that the teams are siding with President Trump, they're trying to make this into some radical policy that you know Trump somehow twisted the arm of these NFL owners and got them to be racist. That's what they're trying to make this sound like. They were losing fans in droves. People have no interest in going to these games, seeing athletes make a political statement, seeing these athletes insult them, insult the fans, insult other Americans. You know, play the game. Be thankful that you actually live in a country where you can make millions of dollars chasing a ball around a field, you know, instead of being such an ingrate, instead, instead of being, you know, so ungrateful for what you have and actually insulting the very country that gives you this amazing opportunity. So it wasn't nothing to do with Trump. This has nothing to do with Republicans. This is not a political issue. Democrats, many Democrats, not all of them, are completely outraged as well. But of course, the media is going to somehow spin this as Trump being a racist. Like, it's like amazing. All right, what else is going on? We've told you about these moderate Republicans. There's a group of about 20 or 25 Republicans joining with all the Democrats in the House trying to push a DACA bill. This is getting dangerously close, and they're trying to push a DACA deal, which is going to be bad. They're not going to get funding for the wall, and all likely they're not going to get funding for the wall. And this is a very liberal. This is just, They're not going to put an end to chain migration. All the things that Trump and Paul Ryan have been trying to do, they're not going to do any of that. They're just going to allow all these dreamers to stay in the United States. That's at least what they're trying to do, to hijack. These Republicans are working with the Democrats to hijack Congress and to pass what they call a bipartisan bill. It's not bipartisan at all. It's a few liberal Republicans and a bunch of Democrats. So there's basically a, a revolt happening in the House, and they're trying to pressure Ryan. Paul Ryan, meanwhile, is scrambling. He's trying to get a DACA deal passed that would be more in line for what uh, President Trump has been hoping for, ending chain migration, getting funding for a wall. But, of course, they haven't been able to do that. In a year and a half, they have not been able to do that. I would prefer they do nothing, but they're getting all this pressure. Now, meanwhile, 
uh, some Republicans in the House are worried that there are going to be repercussions to this. They're worried that if they sign on, they're going to be punished by the leadership. You know, there are times when they get stripped, that when, when they revolt against uh, their leaders like this. You know, you never see Democrats revolting against their leaders. But you see that them them now revolting against Paul Ryan and trying to force this thing. They have this protest measure they can, they can use, this petition that they can actually use to get this thing to the floor. And uh, Paul Ryan will punish them. I'm sure he will strip them uh, of leadership in various committees, anybody who joins on to this movement, you know, so we'll see how all that goes. He absolutely should. I mean, they don't deserve to be in, in any sort of leadership position if they're going to revolt against their party like this. Now, uh, what else is going on? Uh, Devin Nunez, Devin Nunez, the House Intelligence Committee chairman. Now, we've been telling you all about his amazing support of President Trump. He's been pressuring the DOJ to submit documents. He's uncovered all these things that have gone on in the FBI. He's basically spearheaded that effort. Now, he has raised a record amount of money. He's raised $5 million this year uh, for, uh, for, for, for his campaign and, I guess, other congressional campaigns. And he's actually raised, in the last six weeks, $2.25 million, $2.25 million in six weeks, which is record-breaking. It's a huge amount, massive amount of money. And the reason is because he has become the poster boy for all the corruption, all the scandals, all the conspiracies against Pres President Trump and uh, having those exposed once and for all and hopefully bringing it all to justice. Of course, Thursday, today, there's going to be a big meeting a bit with, with Nunez, Trey Gowdy, as we've told you about, and, and DOJ officials, Rosenstein and Jeff Sessions, Christopher Ray, and others. And hopefully, they're finally going to pony up over here. Hopefully, they'll finally let them know what's really been going on. And like I said, we got more on Spygate here coming up in a moment. Uh, I did get, there's this, uh, there's, a, there's a lawsuit in Alaska. A bunch of Muslims in a prison in Alaska say that they're being starved by the prison for, uh, over Ramadan, during Ramadan. It's the month of Ramadan for Muslims. They fast I guess during the day, I think they could drink water. I'm not, I'm not up on all the details of Muslim uh, halacha, but uh, I, I think they could drink water, but they can't eat from the morning till evening. Then in the evening, they go and they have a feast. So they say they're being starved and they're suing the prison. Now, my first thought was, well, of course they're being starved. It's Ramadan. But the truth is they're saying that they're not getting adequate meals since they only have a short amount of time to eat. So in other words, not that short, but they can't eat during the day. Normal time meals are served, so they're not getting fed properly. And they also say that they're having pork mixed in with their meals. Now, my first thought was, you know, come on, do I take this seriously? But then on second thought, I actually am very supportive here. See, unpredictable Yaakov M. I'm very supportive of the Muslims in this lawsuit. I don't know the fact, but assuming there's accuracy, I wouldn't be surprised because there are many stories of from Jews in prisons that have trouble. You know, not, I'm not talking about the prisons where there's unfortunately, you know, large, large populations uh, of Jews, but there are uh, Jews obviously all across the country in prisons. And sometimes you do hear stories where they get taken advantage of and where they have their, the, the prison people in charge have zero respect uh, for their religious beliefs have trouble getting kosher food, have trouble keeping halachas and other things. So this is actually a very big deal. I think this could actually, hopefully, no Jews should ever go to prison, chas v'shalom, but uh, if that does end up being the case, this type of lawsuit can really make a big impact. Now, I got an email uh, from somebody. Now, talking about how Israel has never had a school shooting. You know, Now, why? Why has Israel never had a school shooting? It's not because they can't carry AR-15s. In fact, Lots of people there, lots of regular, plain, ordinary citizens, who, of course, they're all form former soldiers, have AR-15s. They carry AR-15s. So that's not it. That is not the issue. And here's the, uh, here's the quote from the email. 
You know, it's mandatory in Israel that young people serve in the military and they are armed 24-7. In Israel, they don't over-medicate. In Israel, the murder rate of the whole country is a fraction of the murder rate in Nashville, Tennessee. So what is it? It's because in Israel, parents teach respect and values to their kids instead of letting Disney and Xbox raise their children. And in Israel, they stand for their flag and they would defend it uh, with their lives. You know, so the, the email basically ends off saying the United States doesn't have a gun problem. The United States has a society problem. I thought that was a really great point there. And finally, we get to Spygate. Okay, now here's what's amazing. You know, you see this constant battle between Republicans and Republicans. It doesn't make any sense. You have the DOJ, you have Jeff Sessions, Rod Rosenstein refusing to give Gowdy and Devin Nunes what they want. Now, how do you explain that? It's like Republicans versus Democrats, only they're all Republicans, and it boggles the mind. So to me, the only explanation that makes any sense is that there is a scandal brewing here that has such enormous repercussions that Sessions and Rosenstein are just terrified to expose this thing. They're terrified to let it just go out into the public and be released because they're almost worried about a civil war. I, I, I simply don't see any other explanation that makes as much sense. And with everything going on, you know, now that we know about this informant that was embedded in the spy campaign, James Clapper admits it. So let me go through. Somebody wrote a great uh, piece in The Hill, basically going through all the details. See, it comes out drip, drip, so we lose sight of it. But you look at all the details uh, of what the FBI has done. It's a, it's, they have launched this counterintelligence uh, investigation. They were spying on President Trump and his campaign. So, number one, you know, this all began when Trump tweeted uh, that they were wiretapping him in Trump Tower. And I myself confess that I was extremely skeptical. Obama spying on President Trump. At the time, it was such a shock. And now everything that we know, it turns out that that was just the tip of the iceberg. But, you know, it took me a while to kind of come to grips with the fact that Obama and his FBI, you know, we'll see if Obama's implicated, but I suspect he knew all about this. Uh, it's really like Nixon and Watergate. And I'm, I'm very hesitant. I don't go around throwing around conspiracy theories. Now, first, this was actually called, this had a code name. This operation was called Crossfire Hurricane. That's the New York Times. What we do know so far is that there was secret surveillance kept it, uh, 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 conducted, I'm sorry, secret surveillance conducted by the FBI. We're talking about wiretapping on seven Trump associates. Got Steve Bannon, Michael Cohn, Michael Flynn, Jared Kushner, President's son-in-law, Paul Manafort, Carter Page, George Papadopoulos. There was either surveillance or wiretapping done on them. And the FBI applied for a secret warrant to monitor Manafort, Page, Papadopoulos, and Flynn back in June of 2016. Now, Mike Flynn, that was six months before he had a conversation with Russia's ambassador that got him in trouble. Six months before that, they were already applying for secret warrants for all these people. The FBI applied four times to wiretap Carter Page uh, after he became a Trump campaign advisor. And Page spent many hours in Trump Tower. So they were wiretapping Trump Tower, just as Trump said. Now, CNN reports that Manafort was wiretapped before and after the election, including a, a period of time when he spoke regularly with President Trump. And Manafort, by the way, lives in Trump Tower, or at least part of the time lives in Trump Tower. Electronic surveillance was used to listen to three Trump transition officials in Trump Tower when they had a meeting with the United Arab Emirates. That's Flynn, Bannon, and Kushner. So all these things are documented. Many of these things were reported by the Times and the Washington Post. The FBI, by the way, instead of using, instead of going through the normal channels uh, through the courts, they had this special something called the National Security Letter, which lets you bypass judicial approval. 
And these were widely abused under Bob Mueller, by the way, when he was FBI director. Basically, this allows FBI agents to call the shots because supposedly in the name of national security, they have to bypass the courts. So these were used for the FBI to obtain phone records and other documents in the investigation. Unmasking, we told you about this, how many Obama advisors were unmasking the names of Trump campaign officials and Trump transition officials. Unmasking is when they, they spy on foreign countries and their conversations between foreign countries and Americans. The Americans are supposed to stay masked, their identity, and they're part of the conversation. And yet, four top Obama officials who were spoken out against, who have spoken out repeatedly against President Trump, they were unmasking Trump campaign officials, James Clapper, Samantha Power, who was the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Susan Rice, and Sally Yates, who was the uh, deputy attorney general under Obama. And Power, by the way, made near daily unmasking requests in 2016. Now, Clapper originally denied this. He was asked if he knew about the unmasking request of Samantha Power. He said, I don't know. Maybe it's ringing a vague bell, but I could not answer with any confidence. Give me a break. Then later, Clapper admitted, and he, he admitted that there actually were repeated requests to unmask Trump and his associates. His associates. So, uh, come on. He, he uh, rings a vague bell. But I don't. You really wouldn't remember if uh, Trump's, if Obama's ambassador to the UN was unmasking Trump officials. Unbelievable. Now, meanwhile, they changed the rules around because James Clapper made a rule that they could disseminate surveillance material within the government without the normal privacy protections. Basically, under the Obama government, after James Clapper made this rule, uh, they were sharing all sorts of classified material about the Trump campaign. And it was it was essentially declassified by James Clapper, so they could just literally all all look at it. I mean, amazing. This this is again documented stuff. Not to mention all the leaks that have gone on that have been damaging to President Trump. We got the Comey leaks, we got the Steele dossier, and so much else. And, and of course, Lisa Page, Peter Strzok, uh, McCabe, and, and all these other dirty FBI agents who are clearly conspiring against President Trump. You put that all together, folks. I mean, it is astonishing that Jeff Sessions refuses to appoint a second special counsel. They should just. Forget the second one. They should just tell Bob Mueller right now he's done with the first one because he hasn't shown a single bit of evidence and just let him take over this other investigation. Not that I would trust him at this point to do so, but it's just astonishing when you put this stuff all together. All right, that's going to do it for today. I hope everybody has a wonderful Shabbos and we will see you next time.